Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trini Sharp. I am your host for this evening. As always, it's a pleasure to be back before you guys. I'm so elated to be um, before you and every single week that God um, allows me to be before you guys. I'm just more and more excited and just knowing the things that God is doing in my life. And I'm praying that God has been doing some wonderful things in your lives. And I'm just excited about tonight's word. I pray that you've been having a wonderful week. I know things are hectic. We're in the middle of um, voting and hearing about constantly hearing about voting. And but even with that, to God be the glory, because God is in control. And no matter what the results are, God is still in, in control. So I'm grateful for that. And before I get any further, um, I just wanted to ask, as I know sometimes uh, people can't hear me. So I just want to make sure that you guys can hear me before I go any further. Hi, Kim. I miss you. Make sure that you guys can hear me. Hey, Laura. And before, um, before I get into tonight's topic, I do want to go over. Thank you, Quay. Hi, Quay. I miss you. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom G. Got everybody on here. Hi, Heather. Great. So everybody can hear me good. So um, I'm going to say a word of prayer. We're going to talk about last week's topic and then we're going to get right into tonight's um, topic for this evening. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you, God, for your presence, God, first and foremost, Holy Spirit. God, we love you. We adore you. We honor you, Father God, for you alone are worthy. God, I thank you, God, for choosing me for such a time as this, Father God, to speak on this platform, to speak life into your people, Father God, to have encouragement and enlightenment, there, Father God. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will have your way, God. Remove me out of the way. Decrease me, Father, and may you increase in the mighty name of Jesus. Have your way, oh God. God, I ask that, Father God, that somebody's life will be changed, God, and they will never be the same. God, may healing take place, deliverance, Father God, clarification, confirmation take place in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that you desire to take place, Father, let it be done. I remove myself out of the way. And God, I thank you that you will get all the glory, all the honor, and all of the praise. In Jesus' awesome name, I pray. Amen. All right, guys. Welcome, welcome to everybody that is watching. I love each and every one of you that's watching tonight. We are going to be um, getting into tonight's topic before we do that, because I know some people may have not watched last week. So I do want to just go over last week's topic which was shut out the noise. It was shut out the noise. And what God was sharing with me concerning this topic is that, especially during this time, we have a lot of noise. We have, a, um, as far as TV shows, as far as news, we have, you know, um, unfortunately, police brutality and just so much is happening, coronavirus, people losing their loved ones. And you just have all of this noise. And a lot of times when you have a lot of noise that's um, around you and even gossip and and different things like that, it's hard to be able to hear God clearly on what direction he's leading you to go into. And a lot of times, and especially in this time, God was telling us that we have to learn how to shut out the noise because until we shut out the noise, we won't be able to know specifically the direction because we will be confused. And a lot of times our discernment is, um, 
our discernment it becomes low and becomes uh, dim because we are allowing distractions because noises are basically distractions that's um, taking us away from our focus from God. So last week we talked about different types of noises. So such as um, gossip, such as um, comparison of other people, such as um, looking at news and social media. These are some types of noises that we have to be aware of in our lives. And then also we talked about different ways of how to shut out the noise. So how do you shut out the noise? By having a consistent prayer life, by reading your word, by making sure that you are following God and getting rid of anything that is not like him. Fasting, Making sure we have a lifestyle of fasting because when you fast, that means that you are removing yourself from all the daily cares and all of the temptations from things that pleases your flesh. And now your mind is focused on things that's ple pleasing your spirit. So those are just some a few things that I talked about last week. And I don't want to dwell on too much because I'll get excited and then I'll forget all about that. We're supposed to be talking about a different topic this evening. So if you didn't get a chance to see last week's podcast, please follow I Am Imperfectly Perfect. Um, Facebook page, and you'll be able to see Lexi's podcast. We also have um, a different platform, such as if you just want to listen to it rather than watch it, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, whichever one is your favorite. It's about different eight different platforms um, that you can listen to on your at your convenience. So I'm glad that that is available as well. There are to quick testimony. There are people that are watching and no listening rather, excuse me, that are listening in Ireland and Spain and just different countries that I wasn't expecting, you know, having that connection with and to God be the glory that's possible through the, um, the Apple podcast and um, those other platforms. So glory be to God for that. So I'm excited for all the wonderful things that God is doing throughout. I am a perfectly perfect so with all of that being said, guys, I do want to get into I do want to get into tonight's topic. I'm really excited and about it because I believe that when God when God placed this particular topic in my spirit, I believe God is saying it for a reason so that we know that God is up to something big. And this particular topic that we are talking about tonight is don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. And God said this to me in a still small voice. Um, I want to say a couple of days ago and I was like, OK, God. And and as I know people that follow me, I say this quite often is that a lot of times when God gives me a particular phrase or a word, I have a knowing in my spirit that this is something that God wants me to either study or pray about or dwell on so that I can be ready to be able to um, teach you guys um, when I come before you. So. I was like, okay, God, in my prayer time, I'm like, okay, God, what are you talking about? Don't settle. Of course, you know, a lot of us know what don't settle means, but, and we have, we hear the common phrase, don't settle for less. And, you know, that's basically what God is saying for us to not settle for anything less than what he has promised us to not settle for anything less than what he has promised us. What does settle mean? Settle means accept or agree to something that one considers to be less than satisfactory. Settle again means accept or agree to something that one considers to be less than satisfactory. 
And it's like, wow, it's like we, you think about it, especially a lot of times we settle for things when our back is against the wall, when we don't have any finances, when we're comparing ourselves to other people and we see all the blessings happening for everybody else and we like, when is it my turn? And God, did do you have you remembered me? Have you have you forgotten me? And there's a lot of those thoughts running through your mind, and you're like, God, what about me? And because you feel like you're missing out, because you feel like time is running out, you put yourself in a position considering settling for less than what God has promised you. And and that's a lot of times because we put and we create our own timeline for ourselves. We create our own timeline for ourselves. And God is like, a lot of times when we create the timeline for ourselves, he's like, I didn't give you, I didn't give you that timeline. I didn't give you that. So why? So why are we creating timelines that God never even presented to us? He never even presented to us. And he's just like, I don't, I don't understand, you know, how can you even be disappointed if that's not even a time frame that I've given you? So again, subtle is accept or agree to something that one considers to be less than or satisfactory, less than satisfactory. Because we know that God wants what's best for us. God wants what's best for us. God, God would never give us anything that is mediocre. He would never give us anything that's mediocre. Everything that God does, everything God promises us is, uh, is the best. It is the highest it can be. And that's the enemy because a lot of times the enemy gets in our ears that, oh, look what they got. They got a house. They got a car. They getting married. This and that. They got a promotion. And you still at point one or you still on the same level. And then they plants and, and then that becomes those thoughts begin to plant jealousy and envy and um and coveting other people's things. And all of those things are not of God. All of those things are not of God. Yes, Kim. All of those things are not of God. We have to be careful of that because just because, just because we are in a pandemic, just because people have, have lost their jobs, just because people have lost their loved ones, just because all of these negative things have happened does not mean that God is not in control, does not mean that God is not in the blessing business. And that's why we can't focus on negative things. We have to keep our eyes focused on God, keep our eyes focused on him. When we keep our eyes focused on God, we're not worrying about, oh, woulda, shoulda, coulda, woulda. The main thing we're focused on is the fact that I know what God said. I know what he promised me. And I'm going to keep praying until I see those promises being manifested. Because what you have to consider is, and I'm getting a little mad ahead of myself, but what you have to consider is in making sure that you are in a position to receive those promises. 
You can't get upset if you haven't been doing following the instructions that God gave you a year ago. You're too worried about God to give you another word about God, you know, sending a prophet or a prophetess or a man or woman of God to you to let you know a new word when you haven't even followed the old word that God is even giving you. Have you been followed? Have you followed the instructions that God has already given you? Or have you just been sitting still and just expecting it to just fall out of the sky and hit you in the head? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. We have to put in the work. We have to put in the work. When God gives us instructions, we have to be obedient because God is a God of decency and order and everything he gives to us is for us to follow it. His timing is important. God's timing is important. We got to take heed to that. So let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. In the Amplified Version. And it says, for I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope, to give you a future and a hope. Again, it says, for I know, this is God talking, for I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God doesn't want anything bad for us. That lets us know that God, he says for peace. God plans for things for to give us peace of mind, to give us joy, to give us victory. Not to cause um, disaster, not to cause confusion. Anything that is causing confusion in your life where you have to wonder whether or not this is God or not. And you have to compromise your morals to do it. That's not of God. That's not of God at all. So what I want to get into, I want to get into, so we already know what settle is. We're talking about accept or agree to something that one considers to be less than satisfactory. So we're talking about less though that means that we're not going to settle for anything that is less than satisfactory, that is less than God's best. God's best, not our best, but God's best for our lives. Because a lot of times we put we put what we want over what God wants for us. What is the point of of putting God head over our lives? If you're going to say if God tells you what he wants for you, what his desires and again in Jeremiah 29, his plans that he has for you. And you say, God, oh, well, that doesn't fit in my timeline. Oh, I expected to be married at 30 and, and, and now you're you're 35 or whatever. And you're still waiting for a family. And then you like, God, like, no, that's not working. I'm, I'm going to settle for this relationship because everybody else around me, every all these great things are happening for them. And God, I can't wait for you basically telling when you settle. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When we settle for less, we're basically telling God that we don't need him. We're basically telling God that we know, don't need him. When we settle, then what is less than what he would have given us? 
That is a slap in God's face. When we say, God, you know what? I know that you said that I'm going to have a successful business, that I'm going to write a book and I'm going to be a successful author. But God, I can't wait on that. I got bills to pay. I got loans to take care of. And we say all of these things to God as if he is not aware of what we have before us, as if he's not aware that we may have debt that we need canceled, as if we may need healing in our body and maybe we need deliverance from certain circumstances or certain strongholds. God is fully aware. Why? Because he's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He doesn't need us to remind him of, of what we need. But what we, and I'm getting ahead of myself again, but we'll go over it again. But what he does want us to remind him of is of his promises. God, you said you're my provider. God, you said you would supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. So because you said, God, you would do that, I know that you will provide. These bills are not ish. These bills mean nothing to you because, God, you are my provider and there's nothing too hard for you. All things are possible in your name. He wants us to remind him of his promises to us. There's so many promises in the word of God that I don't even have time to cover, but we'll talk about some of them tonight. So again, we're talking about don't settle. Don't settle. Yes, Laura, he knows what and who we need. We just need to obey him and trust that God has us. My God. My God. Yes, Sister Kim. God sees you and he hears you. All he wants is for us to recognize what's best for us. What's best for us. So let's get into how to keep away from settling for less. How do we keep from settling for less? Well, we we see all of these great things happening for everybody else and we're like, God, when is it my turn? How do we turn, like we talked about last week, how to shut out the noise, right? So we're using some of those, some of those tactics that we learned last week, applying it to, to um this, applying it to what we're learning now or talking about not settling. So the first thing, how to keep away from settling for less. Number one, we need to make sure we seek God first before making any decision. I should have put that right here before making any decision. Any decision, not taking some things before God, no taking all things before God. Why? Because in Matthew 6, 33, let's go there. Matthew 6, 33 in the New King James Version. Matthew 6, 33, New King James Version. And it says, And it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. When we seek God first, we telling God, I put you head over my life. God, I can't do nothing without you. Father God, it, it doesn't. 
It doesn't matter how small or big it is. Listen, that's between you and God. If you need, now I'm not saying be deep and say, Lord, should, should I go to the bathroom right now? Like, you know, you need to go. I'm not, I'm making fun of it, but you know, when you need to go to the bathroom, you don't have to see God to say, God, should I go to the bathroom? Like, you don't, I mean, simple things like that. Like your body tells you, listen, you better get up or you want to be embarrassed. Like, like for real, like, I mean, certain things we don't, we don't need to, you know, it's common sense and, you know, but certain things, what I mean is like certain decisions, like, okay, God, should I now whether now, okay, let's, let's flip that around. Thank you. Holy spirit. Say if for his direction, okay. He might tell you instead of, uh, say if you were at the workplace and you need to go to the bathroom and it might be, uh, bathrooms on different levels. And so normally you go to the bathroom on the, on the level that you work in, work on. So say you work on the second floor, but maybe God is telling you go to the bathroom on the third floor. And you're like, well, God, why are you telling me to go to the bathroom on the third floor? What's so special about that floor? I normally go to the one on the second floor, but little do you know, if you follow God's instructions and go to the bathroom on the third floor, you could be making a connection with someone that is needed. Maybe the person that you make a connection with in the bathroom, maybe need prayer. You go into the third, third floor bathroom and you hear somebody crying in the bathroom stall. And you, and you didn't have the pleasure of meeting this person because maybe the third floor is a different company period. And had you not had, had you not went to that bathroom up there, you would have not heard that person crying and then if you hear a still small voice in your ear, the Holy Spirit telling you to minister to them, to be encouraging to them. Because they maybe they just needed a hug or whatever it is, or maybe they just need to hear that Jesus loves them. And just in that instinct, because you were obedient, you were available to be used by God to help plant a seed in them. Maybe they're not saved. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Maybe they're not saved. And because you were obedient to God and you took that little, that little step of obedience and you followed him, you went there and now you were shining your light amongst them, letting them know that Jesus loves them and that he cares. And now a new soul is saved. Now, whew, they're healed. They're delivered. Now God is getting the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something that small that we would consider small is that big to God. Is that big to God? We can't take it for granted. God's timing is everything. We have to seek him. We're not just, and this is the thing. We're not just seeking God for decisions that we need to make for ourselves because quite contrary to belief, everything is not about us. Everything is not about you and everything is not about me. The gifts that God has given us is not for us. The gifts that God has given us is for other people. So a lot of times because the word of God says we need to love others as we love ourselves, meaning that we need to be selfless people, putting other people before ourselves. Do we still take care of ourselves? Yes, but we need to be selfless. So that means of giving up food so that somebody else can eat 
if God leads you to, then do it. Instead of worrying about your own selfish gain. That's what God wants us to do. To be humble, to be obedient and selfless people. That's all he wants from us. So we're talking about again, how to keep away from settling for less. Number one again, is seek God first before making any, I mean, any decision. Any decision. Yes, Laura, selfless and not selfish. Hi, Sister Tracy, welcome. Selfish and not selfish. Selfless and not selfish. Glory be to God. So let's get into the next point. How to keep away from selling for less. Number two is do not lower your expectations. Do not lower your expectations. I don't care what it sounds like. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if it sounds good you know, to your ear. Just because the money might be a certain amount. If it's not God, then don't do it. Just because the man look good, that's because the girls fly. If it ain't God, then we should not want it. Because why? We're not settling for less. We want what God's best is for us. Not what society says, not what we have um, put for ourselves. And a lot of times we don't recognize that we're worth more than what we were settling for. You have to know your worth. We have to know our worth. God loves us so much. When we recognize how much we're worth it, the fact of the matter that regardless of how much we are sinners and regardless of our sinful nature, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. Right then, then there in itself, that lets me know that I'm worth it. Because in spite of my imperfections, in spite of everything that I've done, in spite of the lies that I've done, in spite of the sneakiness that I've that I've um have done, in spite of the the people that I may have talked about, the people that I may have hurt, the things that I've done purposefully and maybe not on purpose. God thought about that. God, God thought about that. Excuse me. Before we were in our mother's womb, God knew us. He knew what we were going to mistakes we were going to make, what we were going to be, who our parents were going to be, what um, city, what country we were going to live in. He knew all of this. He knew about the lie that we were going to make before we even committed it, about the sin we were going to commit, commit before we even committed it. God took consideration of all of that. And yet and still, he still sent his only begotten son. To save a wretch like you and like me. Talk about worth. If we keep that mind frame, we won't settle for mediocre. Because that's something to brag about. That's something like, my God, you saved me? Knowing who you are, knowing the things you've done, knowing the people that your past. And where God has brought you from, you like, God, you're saving me? When you literally look back over your life, oh, Jesus. 
Yes. God saved you. He loves you. He loves us. My God. So do not lower your expectations. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, one of my favorite scriptures. And we're going to read from the Amplified Version. Ephesians 3, chapter, um, 3, verse 20, excuse me, Amplified Version. And it says, Now to him who was able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think, infinite, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in christ jesus throughout all generations and forever and ever amen my god what i love it says super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think so god will do more for us, more than we would ever ask. It says dare. I love how they say it in this version. Dare acts. Because a lot of times we feel, they're going back to that worth factor again. A lot of times we feel like we're unworthy of asking God for things. That we're unworthy for being specific about what our desires are. That we're, that we're unworthy to ask God, Lord, God, I believe that I'm worth making more money. That God, if, that I, if I'm a steward over my money, Father God, that if I'm a steward over, over a few, then God will bless me with more. We feel like we're unworthy to, to ask God for his best. When God is saying, I'm already promising it to you, but you just have to put yourself in a position to be ready to receive it. We have to know that we're worth it. God says that we are worth his best. Be confident in the fact that we are worth God's best. When we are confident in who God is and who God has created us to be, we're not settling for these little mediocre things. Because we know that God's, no, be like, we see that and I, I ain't taking it. God said he's going to give me more than that. God said, no, you start. They're coming up with excuses and looking at, you know, some of these men or women that you dating. And you know what God said. He gave you a description, maybe. He told you. And the fact that you would even have to compromise your morals to keep that person. That should let you know that that's not God's best for you. They taking you away from going to church. They taking you away from praying. Now you were faithful to church, but now you going, you know, once a month. All because you're trying to please them, all because you're trying to keep them. And ladies, you're the prize. You're the prize. We are. Men, you're the prize. Listen, we are God's best. Do not make people think. Let you think. That you're not worth more. What did it say? Super abundantly, more than all that we dare ask or think. Infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams. God desires more. God desires more from us. My God. He desires so much more 
for us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Sister Michelle, we are worthy. We are worthy. We are worthy. Let's go to um, the next scripture. I want to go to Mark 11, 23, also in the Amplified Version. <clears throat> it says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart and God's unlimited power, but believes that what he says is going to take place, it will be done for him in accordance with God's will. My God, uh, that bless my, uh, when I read that scripture, it blessed me in a way because this is like, wow, God, a lot of times we, we don't speak. I talked about last week that we need to speak life and not death. A lot of times we're speaking death to our situations instead of speaking life to the situation. Because in the word of God, it says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in, our, in his heart in God's unlimited power, but believes that what he says is going to take place, it will be done for him in accordance with God's will. So not only when we speak it, we have to be confident that when we speak it, we have to believe that once we speak it, it will come to pass because it is in what accordance it with God's will. When we know that it's God's will and we speak in confidence, we cannot doubt because doubt is doubt cancels out faith. You can't say you have faith and doubt at the same time. You either believe or you don't. You either believe in God that his promises are going to be manifested or you don't. So if God is telling you to speak lights into the situation, yeah, your bills need to be paid and you may be unemployed and your, your unemployment may be running out. Trust me, I, I, I get it. I'm there right with you. I am there right with you. And just the uncertainty of weathering, of knowing whether or not when God is, is the job going to be offered to me, God, when I'm going to be out of this situation, when am I going to be out of my circumstance? And I have to remind myself of what God promised me. You have to remind yourself of what God promised you. So God said he would supply all of our needs, again, according to his riches and glory. There's no need to fret. There's no need to fear. What did God say? Has he not provided for you? Has he not made sure that you had food on your table and clothes on your back and a roof over your head? Has he not sustained you throughout this pandemic? So why do we fear? Why do we doubt God? Why do we have lack of confidence in who God is and who what he can do for us? Why are we lowering our expectations? Trust me, this spoke to me first. God had to deal with me first. He said, don't lower your expectations. God said, what did I promise you? And just because it looks nice on paper, if that's not what God said, don't you dare settle for it. Don't you dare. And I don't care if that's paying more money. Even if that means, thank you, Father, even though that means taking a job that pays less than what you were wanted, even if that means that, 
Why? Because you never know. Just because that job pays more money does not mean that you're going to have the peace of mind. Does not mean huh, that you're going to be in a position that's God's best for you. It doesn't mean it at all. So you have to be willing to surrender your thoughts. Be, be willing to surrender your plans for what God has for you. Because thank you, Father. When you put yourself in a position, then maybe you may have to settle, not settle. Maybe God is putting you in a position where you are going to be making less money than you would have wanted to. But it's not just about that. It's about the opportunity. It's about the people, the connections you make. Maybe this is the stepping stone for you to get to the next position. Yes, Sharaba. For you to get to the next position that God desires for you. But if you're so focused on earthly matters, instead of focusing on heavenly matters, then you'll miss the whole point. Then you'll miss what God is trying to do in your life. We got to stay focused. We got to stay focused on heavenly matters and not earthly matters. My God. So again, we're talking about how to keep away from settling for less. How to keep away from settling for less. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So number three is. Believe and trust God. Believe and trust God. Believe and trust God. My God. We have to believe. What did I just say? We can't be doubting God and, and saying we're trusting him all at the same time. It does not work that way. It does not work that way. And a lot of times the enemy, he plants thoughts into our minds to make us think that God is not going to come through. That God is not going to come through. And God is like, you know my voice. We have to come to a point where we know God's voice. And anything that is speaking opposite of what God said. What did we say last week? Shut out the noise. Shut it out. Shut it out. Speak life to that situation and not death. Shut it out. So we're talking about believe and trust God. Let's go to Mark 11, verse 24. In the Amplified Version, it says, For this reason I am telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer, in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them, and they will be given to you. When we believe and have confidence, whew, Confidence, trust, yes, according to God's will, it says that we will receive them and it will be given to us. But we have to have confidence in what God said will come to pass. It will. You just got to wait on his timing. We just have to wait on God's timing. It will come to pass. Wait on it. Trust God. Wait on it. Trust God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I'm not just saying it just to say, I'm telling you from experience that if you wait on God's best, it's better than you can ever imagine, better than you can ever think. It's better. 
way more than you can ever imagine or believe or even thought of. Better. Let's go to Hebrews 11, verse 1. In the Amplified Version, this is the, this is the faith book. I love Hebrews. Talking about faith. In the Amplified Version, it says, No faith is the assurance, title, deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. My God. So faith goes beyond our physical senses. It goes beyond sight. It goes beyond hearing. It goes beyond smell. It goes beyond taste. It goes beyond touch. It goes beyond all of that. It goes beyond that. It's talking about the spiritual senses. Looking at things through our spiritual lenses. You talk about 2020. God causing us to see clearly. To see clearly. To see what God is doing in the spirit realm. That even though we don't see it happening. And being manifested in the natural. Does not mean God is not doing it in the spirit realm. So that's why we got to make sure that whatever God. It is our responsibility. That whatever promises God has given us, that we take the responsibility to pray and intercede for it until we see it come to pass and start. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but start thanking God for it even before it's taking place. Start thinking that, God, I thank you for the promotion. God, I thank you for my future husband. God, I thank you for my future wife. God, I thank you, Father God, for the, uh, I thank you, God, for the house, for the car. God, I thank you for healing in my body. God, I thank you, Father God, for deliverance. God, I thank you, Father God, my loved ones shall be saved, Father. God, I thank you, Father God, that you're blessing, that you will bless the homeless, God. And start thanking God for things other than for yourself. Start thanking God for him doing things for other people. Because when you have mind for to be selfless and start thanking God and start praising him and, and start giving gratitude to him for him doing things for other people's lives, even if you don't know them, God will see your heart and see that, whew, that you're selfless, that you're humble, that you're caring, that you care for others more than you care for yourself. Loving others and wanting to do things for others more than you would do for yourself. God wants to honor you. God wants to bless you for having that mentality, for having that at the, at the forefront of your mind. So even if you don't see it happening in the natural, it does not mean, it does not mean that it's not happening in the spirit realm. It's only a matter of time for it to be manifested. It's only a matter of time for it to be what? Revealed. I talked about reveal um, um, a while a while back, thinking about it. I think it might have been either the beginning of this year or last year, talking about that it's a difference between when God actually uh, releases things versus the, revealing it. And a lot of times, some people, they, they, they may not have been they may not know, but it's not meant for everybody to know. Have you heard of the term, do walk in silence? Is this because during that time, during the time of preparation, God has already revealed to you certain things that you need to do. 
but it's only a matter of time. And he's probably telling you to write to get the business plan together to make sure that you're getting your credit together and to make sure putting yourself in position that if it's meant for you to have investors, that you are getting um, all of your points and your presentation together. So that way, when you go before them, everything is in order. And then when, when you get the approval of having investors, the next thing you know, now you can reveal and release it out there so that everybody else knows. And nine times out of ten, they're like, oh, wow, I didn't know you were doing that. Oh, wow, I didn't know that you were going to open that business. Oh, wow, I didn't know that you were going to start this invention. Why, do, why does God do it that way sometimes? Because sometimes when you tell people things, they'll talk you out of it. Sometimes when you tell people certain things, they will talk you out of it. Why? Because they don't understand it. Why? Because they, they don't believe. And, and you can't be really be mad at them for real because it's not their vision for them to believe in. It's not their promise that for them to pray over. It's yours. So you can't allow people to talk you out of your promise. You can't allow people to talk you out of your inheritance. So that's why a lot of times God would tell us to hold it to ourselves. And keep it to ourselves until it's time for everybody else to know. So that to keep us from being talked out of what belongs to us. So you got to be careful about telling people all your business. And I'm not saying be secretive, but God has, is strategic about his instructions for us. So when God tells us to do it, follow it. Follow him. Follow him. Follow him. Glory, glory. Yes, Laura. You got to watch out for them dream killers. Huh? Yes. Yes, we talked about dream killers not too long ago. You got to watch out for them. Watch out for them. Yes, Sister Michelle. Talk to God only. And then once you talk to God, allow him to tell you who to reveal it to. And if he tells you to keep your mouth shut, keep your mouth shut. Don't, and sometimes God is not going to give you the answer of why he's telling you to do that. You just got to trust that whatever God's telling you to do, that is, is for a reason. And if you go against that, you got to be ready to suffer the consequences and the repercussions of your disobedience. Because you can't say that God didn't warn you because he did. But you didn't want to follow suit. And that's on you. That's on us so if we are disobedient to God. But the fact he loves us, he gives another chance to get it right, to repent. And But we're going to have to follow that step again because we didn't learn a lesson. So why not get it right the first time? Why not follow God the first time? Instead of allowing things to be delayed because we don't want to follow his instructions. So next point, we're talking about again, how to keep away from settling for less, how to keep away from settling for less. <clears throat> Number four, remain steadfast, firmly, and steadfast means firmly fixed in place and movable. We must remain steadfast. We must remain steadfast. Staying planted 
knowing again what God's promises are and not straying away from it, not settling for anything less, not going no. If what God what God said is for me, it's for me. I'm staying fixed and in position. I'm not going to be moved by what's happening. I'm not going to be moved by what people are saying. I'm not going to be moved by what everybody else is doing. I'm not going to be moved by what's happening in this world just because everybody's running the muck and just because everybody else is panicking. I'm not going to be moved. Why? Because I know that God is sovereign. I know that God is in control, that he reigns on the throne, that no matter what come my way, my God, my God, will provide. My God will protect me. My God is my banner. My God is my shield. My God is my rock. My God is my refuge. See, he is my help. He's my rock on which I stand. My God, I put my trust in you. I will not be moved. I will not be dismayed by the troubles that come around me. I'll keep my focus on you. I'll keep my eyes stayed on you, Father. You're all I need. Even though I don't have everything that I may want. But God, I know that I have everything I need. Because you said it was promised to me. According to your riches and glory. My God. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Chapter 15, 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, and the Amplified Version. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <clears throat> it says, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast and movable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed, being continually Aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord, is not futile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. Oh, my God. How many of us in this season felt like that our work has been in vain? It felt like our waiting has been in vain. It felt like that everything that we've been doing, our, our being obedient, our sacrifices, our being available to be used by God has been in vain because we have not seen God's promises be manifested. So we have allowing ourselves to put ourselves in the position to settle. But in God's word, it said, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast and movable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed. Being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion, so even to the point where we like, God, I want to throw in a towel. God, I can't take it no more. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of these people talking about me. I'm tired of people seeming like they're getting stuff before me. I'm tired, Father. I'm tired. I used this example last week talking about one of my favorite passages, talking about Mary and Martha. They were two sisters. And when Jesus went to their home, Martha was in the kitchen. She was fixing, you know, food for, for the, uh, the guests, Jesus and the guests and the disciples. And Mary was at Jesus' feet. And Martha's telling Mary, telling Jesus, Jesus, can't you tell Mary um, that she need to be helping me? Like, I'm, I'm doing all this work by myself. And a lot of us has had that mentality. We're seeing people be blessed. And we're, we're looking at how they're being blessed. And we're like, well, man. 
they're not following they're not following your your um your commandments father god they're not they're not in your perfect will they're not living a righteous living life they laying up having sex before marriage they smoking and they doing all kinds of stuff and yet i'm still waiting yet i'm that you comparing yourself to other people we can't be worried about what's happening to, to know the Joneses. We can't be worried about what's happening to other people. And just because things are happening in their life does not mean that God is pleased with them. It doesn't mean it. So we can't be focused on everything else that God is doing and that's happening in somebody else's life. Because the reality of the matter is Good things happen to people that are unsaved because God's principles work whether you're saved or you're not. Talking about using this example is giving, giving. When you give, press down, shaking together, running, running over, good measures shall come back to you. So you thinking about how Oprah, all the philanthropists, um, what's his name? Um, God, Russell, oh my gosh, what is his name? Russell Simmons, all the philanthropists out here in the world. And you see how blessed they are. And it seems like, you know, they got these businesses and investments. And that's because that's God's principle. So we can't compare ourselves to unsafe people and say, oh, well, why is this happening to them? And I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Because we can't worry about that. Because God says, I have what's best for you. I have what's best for you. And just because they are blessed in that area. Doesn't mean that they're wealthy. It's a difference between being rich and wealthy. It's a major difference. Wealthy is meaning that you're walking in purpose. Wealthy is meaning that you are doing exactly what God has created to do. To wealthy means that that every time God tells you to do something, you're obedient. That that you are in the position to be a blessing to others. That you have a peace of mind knowing that God, I'm exactly where you want me to be. And the God, I didn't allow myself to compromise for anybody. For anybody. We got to remain steadfast, immovable. Glory be to God. Yes, Michelle, your time is coming. Trust and believe it's coming. Don't worry, God's got you. Yes, Lord, God's got you. My God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Remain steadfast. Next point, talking about how to keep away from settling for less. But number five, remind yourself and God what he promised and confirmed. Remind yourself and God what he promised and confirmed. So I mentioned it earlier how a lot of times we're telling, we're telling God, you know, all of our problems, we're telling God, but God, you know, I need this. And God, you know, I need more clothes. And you know, I need a new house and I need a new car. And you saying all of this. And God is like, I know this. But instead of us, because when we say things like that, we basically were complaining. 
And God doesn't want to hear complaining and murmuring. So instead of us saying it in that form or fashion, say, Lord God, I believe that you're going to provide me a car, God, because I know, God, that you said that you would provide this particular car so that I can use it to go and travel to the homeless shelters so that I can be a blessing to other people and be able to, to, um, to help those that are elderly so that they can get to their doctor's appointments. Start thinking about why are you asking God for these things? Are you asking them? And it's okay. It's okay to want, you know, um, the finer things in life, that's fine. But what is your motive behind it? What is your motive behind it? Are you just asking it for it for yourself? Are you asking it's going to be beneficial for other people? What is your motive behind this? And if your motive is so that it can be a blessing to other people, God is going to bless you with it. He's going to bless you. Because you put in others before yourself. And God keeps having me say that. You put in others before yourself. And that's what God wants us to do. It's a part of his commandments. It's a part of his commandment. To, of, to love others as we love ourselves. To be selfless. So remind yourself in God what he promised and confirmed. Let's go to Psalms. Psalms chapter 119, and I'm reading 49 through 50 in the Amplified Version. And it says, remember always the word and promise to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort and my affliction that your word has revived me and given me life. Oh, my God. This is David talking again. He said, remember always the word and promise to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort and my affliction that your word has revived me and given me life. David was like, Lord God, I need you to remember your word. God, I need you to remember what you promised me. Because your, yes, Shaddai sees, because God, this has comforted me in my affliction. That even in the midst of David waiting, even in the midst of David um, back against the wall and his enemies coming for him and his enemies trying to take away his life. He said, God, I need you to remember your word. God, I'm reminding you of your promises, Father, that even in the midst of me. Being in this circumstance, God, I know that you're a promise keeper. God, I know that you're a way maker. God, I know that you're a cover me, that you're keep me in perfect peace. Even in the midst, God, I know you're do it. God, he said, it comforts me in my affliction that your word has revived me. Yes, it has revived me. Oh, my God. Because what God shared me concerning this is that Reminding God of his promises helps us to be more confident in who God is and will do. Again, reminding God of his promises helps us to be more confident in who God is and, and what he will do. When we remind God of his promises, it's not, it's not for him to, to know or be reminded of. No, because... He already knows because what did we already say? God is omniscient. He's all knowing. So he already knows that what he promised us. 
But no, it's more for our gain. It's more for us to be more confident that when we speak it out of our mouth because life and death is in the power of the tongue. So when we speak that out of our mouth saying, Lord, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, that I am the head and not the tail, that I am above and not beneath, that I am the lender and not the borrower. It makes us confident in who God is and who God has created us to be and what God will do in our lives. Confident in what God will do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Confident in what God will do. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. And I'm just getting Instagram restarted here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Being steadfast, welcome back Instagram, being steadfast, reminding yourself in God what he promised and confirmed. Hallelujah. Let's go to Isaiah 62, verse 6 through 7 in the Amplified Classic Edition. Isaiah 62, verse 6 through 7 in the Amplified Classic Edition. And it says, I have set watchmen upon your walls, O Jerusalem, who will never hold their peace day or night. You who are his servants and by your prayers put the Lord in remembrance of his promises. Keep not silence and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her a praise in the earth. So it even says in God's word, yes, Rabasi, it says, put the Lord in remembrance of his promises. Do not be silent. And God is talking about how he set the watchmen on the wall. Watchmen are your prophets or, or men and women of God who are set to be intercessors. It's the intercessor. So when talking about the wall is remaining, remaining steadfast and immovable, that we're always going to stay on the wall, that whatever God is leading you to pray for, you pray for it. That you'll be intercede. That you're intercede for the night and day. That you'll never stay on. That you'll never come off of that wall. Listen. Even when you get it. Even when God's promises are manifest in your life. Still remain on the wall. Why? Because when you receive God's promises for your life. Trust and believe the enemy is going to be mad. Because he did everything in his power. To keep you away from receiving it. Because he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God comes to have so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. So even once you receive it, you still got to pray against the spirit of retaliation. Because he's going to do anything. He said, okay, so you got that promotion. All right. That's cool, but I'm about to come in and try to start some mess. I'm going to try to come in and plant a seed and plant a person in there that's going to be watching your every move to try to see and, and, and cause lies upon you. And in telling the, 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 um, the supervisor lies about you that's not even true. And then causing your promotion to be jeopardized. Oh, thanks, Ash. <laughs> and causing your promotion to be jeopardized. So you got to be careful of that. You got to be prayerful. You got to be a watchman. It's talking about watchmen. Intercede. When? Before you get the promise and after. 
Everybody ain't gonna be happy for you. Everybody's not gonna be joyful for you. Everybody is 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 facts. But if you keep your eyes stayed on Jesus, if you keep your eyes stayed on Him, none of that negativity, none of those the, all those negative comments, they don't even matter. Because you know what God said. You know that you're worth God's best. You know that you are worth God's best. You're worth it. Hallelujah. You are worth it. So let's go to um, number six. So we're again, we're talking about how to keep away from settling for less. And number six is refrain from comparing your timeline to others. My God, refrain from comparing your timeline to others. My God, and I don't know how many times I have did this. Like I have done this in so many different areas, shapes, forms, places. Comparing myself to other people. Comparing my timeline, the timeline that I created for myself, first and foremost. Seeing everything happening for everybody else. And I was hesitant to talk about this because I don't really like talking about certain things in my life. But I feel like God is leading me to talk about this. And for those of you that's waiting to be married, for those of you that's been believing God and especially the women who we have probably been imagining this, we've probably been dreaming about it, probably, you know, had the whole wedding planned and had every, listen, I get it. And then all you were saying is like, man, I, I got everything planned. All I need, all I need is the man. All I need is the husband. And you just expecting everything to just follow suit according to your plan. You got the timeline. All right, I'm going to make sure I have my degree by this time. Make sure I have all of this. And then when you get past 25 and then when it gets past 30 and then you're like, wow, God, what happened? And then you looking around you, listen, I was that person. I'm seeing friends getting married left and right. And I'm like, God, you know what my heart's desire. You know, I desire to be a wife. You know, I desire this, but I had to take a step back in my life and realize that I was not in a position to get married. I was not in a position to receive God's best for me. Did I have previous relationships? Yes, I did. And it was not God's best for me. It was not God's best for me. Selling, copying in situations and relationships where one of my relationships being in it and <laughs> this is how the enemy gets you. This is how, to, and I'm telling you, and I'm telling you this to help somebody is that just because this person says they believe in God does not mean that's God's best for you. Because what they need, you need to be asking is, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day? 
because many people can believe in God. Listen, Muslims believe in God. They call him Allah. But they don't they don't believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. They believe that he believed that Jesus existed, that he's a prophet. But they don't believe that he's our redeemer, that he's our savior. They don't believe in that. Jews, they're still waiting for the Messiah to, to, to make his uh, coming. They're still waiting. So just because they say believe in God does not mean that they're saved. Right. It's about a relationship, Laura. It's about a relationship. Listen, my God, it, it will have you sick, like, and it will cause confusion. It will cause you to come to literally come compromise yourself. And I was in a situation where I was still in church. I was still faithful on a dance ministry. And I'm just going to put it out there. But found myself having sex before marriage. Just to keep a relationship that was not God's best for me. And every time I allowed myself to compromise in that area. I felt guilty. I would cry. What kind of relationship is that? Struggling between your flesh and your spirit because you want to keep a relationship that's not even God's will for your life. Finding myself lying to my family about it. Being one way in a church, being one, another way in the world. Finding myself drinking more. Come on, y'all. That's not God's best for us. When God, when that person comes into your life, whether you believe in God for future husband or future wife, when that person comes in your life, it, the peace. And I'm not saying they're not going to get on your nerves. I'm not saying that because they will. They will get on your nerves. That's not saying that. But God's the best for you is that, oh my God, it was the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Like y'all will pray. Like I would have this. I remember not being able to pray in my own home because of fear of what he will say or fear of him leaving, my ex leaving. Come on. It's just like the things that, and a lot of times this is, that happens more to us ladies than to the men, is that we find ourselves trying to compromise to, to, for the sake of a relationship. But we need to be having our relationship with God first and foremost. And allowing God, whew, allowing ourselves to be married to him, married, married to Christ. Because we are the bride of Christ. And when I finally gave that up and I surrendered my life to God and God said, I want you to give me, give me at least a year. Give me at least a year. No situationships, no talking to no guy, no texting, no none of that. Because, you know, we ladies, men, we don't have to be in a relationship, but we still got these little people that we sitting here texting. Texting, you know, you got your little your little side people that you like, all right, you know how to contact them when you want them. That's just fact. So I had to 
cut all of that out. And my eyes, my mind had to be focused on God, keeping my mind focused on him. Allowing him to, because there were some things I had never taken time to, to not just be with just me and God. Praying to him, allowing him to get rid of all the impurities, all the disappointments, all of the hurt, all of the strongholds, allowing him to, to take care of me. Because I haven't, I didn't take a moment to take care of myself. But first time in my life, I was taking care of what was needed for my deliverance, for my healing, so that I can be whole. Wholeness is important. And wholeness does not happen just like just like that. Wholeness happens over time. It's continuous all throughout your life. It's continuous all throughout your life. So you got to be Yesharabasi. You got to know what your worth is and not settle for it and stop comparing yourself to other people. I get it. And even when it happens to you, even when the promises are manifested, don't feel bad that they're happening to you because you never know somebody's story. You never know what it took for somebody to get there. You never know. You never know the pain that they had to endure for that promise to be manifested in their life for them to receive the one that God has for them. You know, you don't know. You don't know it. But I promise you, if you wait on God, he has what's best for you. He has what's best for you. He has what's best for you. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 through 6. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Romans 12, 4 through 6. And I'm going to read from the Message Bible. And it says, in this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. My God, God created us all uniquely and wonderfully made. It's no need to try to compare ourselves to other people. No, because God knows all the number of hairs is on our head. He is certain unique features that we have is certain um, gifts that we have that nobody, even if you, and I just as an example before, I'm a graphic designer and there's plenty of graphic designers out here in the world, but can't nobody design like I do. Can't nobody design like somebody else may do. That is the beauty of it all. So it's no need to compare yourselves to other people because God blessed you and, and anointed you in the area that he created you for. No need to compare yourself to other people. Just be confident in who God created you to be and work your pound. I sound like apostle back in the day who said, work your pound. Work what God has given you. Work what God has given you. 
Because when you focused on that, the peace that you will have and knowing that I'm doing what God created me to do and I'm allowing God to cultivate the gifts inside of me, whew, my God. I'm telling you, it's so like every time I come before you guys every week, it's such a fulfilling feeling knowing that I'm doing what God has called me to do. I'm not saying that I'm that I'm never work. Um, yes, it's the next work your pants. <laughs> that I'm never nervous when I come before you guys. I am. But once I once I come live, it's just like my face lights up and I'm like, yes, like I get to talk to you guys and encourage you and teach you whatever God has helped me. It's a blessing. I love, I love teaching God's word. I love encouraging people. I love seeing people be better because I know where God has brought me from. And if I can be a blessing to other people, if I can help people not make those same mistakes, then I'll be transparent. Whatever it is that I can do to be helpful for other people, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Hallelujah. So again, number six was refrain from comparing your timeline to others. Number seven, we're talking about, we're talking about how to stop settling for less. So number seven is we must be patient and content. This is a hard one. I know it's not easy. Patient is like a cuss word to all of us. That patient word, I'm telling you, it's oh, this past year, two years, it's taught me patience in so many areas. So I get it. I, when I hear the word patient, I'm like, Lord God, how much more patient can I be? <laughs> like, seriously, it's like, and when you ask for patience, beware. God going to test you on the patience and making sure that you are going to be patient and wait on him. But it's not just about being patient, but also being content. Because when you're content, you're saying, God, that whatever, yes, Ash, is <laughs> the patience for me. Listen. But being content is telling God that no matter what happens in my life, God, I trust you. God, I rely on you. God, I'm good. That no matter, no matter what happens, no matter where you're taking me, God, I'm following you. Because I know that you're a promise keeper. I know you are. So let's go to Psalms 27, verse 14. I pray that you've been blessed so far. Psalms 27, 14. In the Amplified Version. And it says, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Anytime God says something twice, he mean it. I mean, he could have very well said it one time, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. But no, he said it again. He said, yes. <laughs> yes, it was like getting your attention like, yeah, I said, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Like, just in case you didn't get it the first time, I'm going to say it again. Like, God is like, we got to wait for him and we got to be confident while we expect him to keep his promises. So while you're waiting, be content in where you are. 
Don't be why while you're waiting, like, oh my gosh, like when is it gonna be over? Oh my gosh, like how long I gotta wait for my husband to come? How long I gotta wait for my my wife to come? And I'm not gonna lie, act like I didn't what I didn't never say that. I did. And then God corrected me on it, and I had to get it right. Because until I got it right, I was still gonna be in that position, still complaining and murmuring. And so I got it right, he was gonna cause a delay. Because I'm I was proving to God when we complain and murmur to God, we're letting God know that we're not ready. That we're not ready to receive his best for us. Because we're not content in what we have. We're not content in what position we're already in. We're too ready. We're too so so focused on moving forward. We're not allowing God to do what's best for us in this season, allowing ourselves to be prepared so that we can receive what he has for us in our future. So be patient and be content. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. And I read the scripture last week, but it has a different meaning this time. And I'm like, wow, God, I love how God he might use, he'll use certain scriptures and it will be repeated in a, in a different context. And it's like, wow, God, your word is so powerful. So Philippians chapter 4. Verse 11 through 13 in the Amplified Version. <clears throat> it says not that, and this is Paul speaking. It says not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy, Ooh, regardless of my circumstances. Paul is telling us right here, like, listen, he like, I'm content, God. I'm not disturbed or or uneasy about anything that's happening in my life. And Paul went through some stuff. If you ever take a time and, and learn about Paul's life, he went through some stuff. I mean, he did some stuff to some people before he got saved. He was a murderer of Christians. But even after, I'm just saying, even after that, he suffered consequences. He suffered um, people slandering his name. He suffered people turning his turning it back on him. Suffered being in prison, all for Jesus' sake, all for spreading the gospel for Jesus Christ. This is what Paul did. He said, "Lord, I'm content even while I'm in prison. Lord, I'm content even though I'm in this journey by myself. Lord, I'm content that whatever you have for me is for me. That even when people may come and me and people may go, God, I'm with you. I'm rocking with you all through this." I trust you. I rely on you. I believe on you. I remain steadfast and immovable. I'm being patient and content in this thing. Verse 12 says, I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. And I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life. Whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need, I can do all things which he, which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. My God, talk about being patient and content. Paul, 
saying, I'm not just content in where I am, God. God, I'm ready to face whatever life has is comes for me. I'm ready to do it. Why? Because I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. God, I know that I am can do anything because I know that I can do it through your strength, Father, not through my strength, but through your strength, Jesus. Paul was confident. That's the confidence that we need to have in God, that when we're patient and content, we're showing God that we trust him. We're showing God that we're confident in him. We're showing God that God, no matter what happens, no matter if it's taking place or not, God, here I am. I'm going to follow you every step of the way. I'm going to follow you every step of the way. Hallelujah. Yes, sis. Confident peace. Confident peace. Don't let nothing take away your peace. Don't let nothing take away your peace. Hallelujah. Last point. Again, we're talking about how to keep away from settling for less. Number eight is thank God in advance before it happens. Thank God in advance before it happens. Let's go to Philippians chapter four, verse four through seven. And I'm going to read from the New King James Version. And it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. My God. So God is saying that when we think, we're thanking God in advance. Why? Because that's still another form of speaking life and not death into our situations and letting God know that we believe and that we have faith in his promises will come to pass and that he's not a man that he can ever lie. And we telling the devil that I don't care what's happening around me. I don't care what people said. I don't care what it looked like. I know what God said and it will come to pass no matter what. You're defeating the enemy by not believing his lies, by not giving it into his tactics. You're defeating him. You're walking in victory. Every time you speak God's promises, yes, shadarabasi, into the atmosphere, you are defeating the enemy. You are defeating him. So thanking God in advance, making our petitions known to him. And once we do, thank God for it. Say, God, I thank you for the promotion. God, I thank you for the healing. God, I thank you, Father God, that I am the lender and not the borrower. God, I thank you, God, that my debt is canceled in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I thank you, God, that my dad shall be saved. God, I thank you, God, that my family members shall come back to the Lord. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. And watch that thing come to pass. Watch those promises be manifested. Don't you dare settle. I don't care how long you've been waiting. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. I don't care if everybody tells you that you look crazy. I don't care if everybody tells you that you look stupid because you've been waiting along and then you're making less money. But God tells you, told you not to settle for going to a certain position. And God told you to stay here and stay faithful until that door is open. Follow him. Trust him. I promise you. If you remain faithful to God, if you remain steadfast and immovable, 
the peace that will come over you for being obedient, the peace that will come over you for trusting him, the peace that will come over you for you believing and relying on him. My God, it's bigger than rubies. It's better than jewels. It's better than gold and silver. Oh, my God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So let's go over again. We're talking about how our topic tonight again is don't settle. And we went over how to keep away from settling for less. Number one, seek God first before making any decision. Number two, do not lower your expectations. Number three, believe and trust God. Number four, remain steadfast. And steadfast means firmly fixed in place and movable. Number five, remind yourself in God what he promised and confirmed. And that's for you to be know who God is and what he will do in your life. Number six, refrain from comparing your timeline to others. Number seven, you must be patient and content. And number eight, thank God in advance before it happens. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, don't settle. God is up to something big in your life. God is up to something big in your life. He's up to something big. He's up to something big. So continue to believe, continue to stay prayerful. If you gotta turn your plate down so that you can get that peace, so that you can get the noise out of your life and so that you can remain focused on God and what he said for you and get clear clarity and instructions, then do it. But whatever you do, don't settle. Because next thing you know, you can miss out on God's promises because you settled and went in one direction when God was lead, leading you another way. Don't settle. Don't settle. Hallelujah. Don't settle. I don't care how old you are, how, how young you are. I don't care. I don't care how long it's been taken. Listen, the greatest things... Thank you, Father. The greatest things for people, Abraham and Sarah had to wait years before they had Isaac. They were old in their age, 90 and 100 years old before the promised son came. And we complain about waiting six months. We complain about waiting a year. We complain about waiting five years. My God, come on. People, the, the greatest things are meant to wait for. God's promises are worth waiting for. And when you get it, you will truly understand why you had to wait. Because of some things God had to do in you and through you before he allowed it to come to pass. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. But we have to know what God is doing. We have to trust that God knows what's best. And when we do that, it will become easier. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it will be easier. If we surrender everything unto him, say, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen next, but God, I trust you. I give it all unto you. 
I gave it unto you. Yes, David, God's timing is best. Hallelujah. So before I go, I do want to offer the gift of salvation for those that may not know Christ. And maybe as you were listening to this podcast, we're talking about don't settle and how you feel like all your life you've been settling, all your life you've been compromising, all your life you've been settling for what less than what you're worth. And that's because you you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And so you don't re- recognize that you're worth more than silver and gold. That your life, your soul is worth more than compromising for. And if you know that you need Jesus in your life and that Jesus is the missing link, that you don't have peace in your mind, I encourage you to say this prayer of salvation with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I am a sinner. And Jesus, I need you in my life. Jesus, I ask that you forgive me. Come into my heart. I believe in my heart and I confess it with my mouth that you died on the cross for my sins. You were buried and rose on the third day so that I can have life and have it more abundantly so I can live eternity. So Jesus, thank you for saving me. I surrender my life unto you and I will serve you for all the rest of my days. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Welcome into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Heaven is rejoicing for you. This is a new day. You are a new creature. All those old things are gone. They're passed away. Behold, all things are new in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for those of you that may had a relationship with Christ, but maybe you allowed yourself to stray away from stray away from the things of God. You allowed yourself to compromise. You've allowed yourself to settle for less because you felt like you wasn't worth more. You allowed people to talk you out of your out of your um, promise. You allow people to talk you out of your inheritance. But God loves you and he cares. Jesus is married to the backslider. And even though you made a mistake, if you listening and watching it right now, Jesus saying, I'm waiting with open arms, waiting for the prodigal son and daughter to come back to me. And when you come back to him, he'll wipe the slate clean and give you a fresh new start to get things right with him. It's not too late. And why do I know that? Because you're watching and listening right now. And this is your time. And this is your moment to get things right with God. And if you're ready to do that, say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am so sorry for turning my back on you. I know that I made a mistake. I know that I need to have a relationship with you again. So Jesus, I ask that you come back into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me. Renew me. Cleanse me. Make me whole again. I surrender my life to you and I will serve you for all the rest of my days. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Welcome back into the body of Christ. I pray that you are blessed and encouraged and uplifted. I pray that you continue to allow God to do great and mighty things in your lives. Whatever you do, don't settle. Whatever you do, continue to believe on God's promises. Continue to believe that whatever God said will come to pass. Don't fret. Don't worry. Don't fret. Oh, thank you, Melissa. Thank you. Don't fret. Don't worry. Just keep trusting in God. I promise you, he'll do it. And it'll be his best. His best is better than anything in the world. I love you guys so much. Make sure that if you um, that if you are not following I'm Imperfectly Perfect, that you follow I'm a Perfectly Perfect Facebook page. And then make sure you follow us on Instagram so you can keep up with any events or any live posts that we have. Next week, we're going to have a special guest. I'm excited. And I will reveal it to you later on this week um, for our next highlight for this month. I'm excited about um, this person. So I pray that you stay tuned in for next week as well. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. I love you guys. I pray that you have sweet sleep tonight and that you have a wonderful blessed week and that nothing, that nothing that the enemy tries to do will be manifested and that you keep your eyes focused on him. So I love you guys so much. I pray that you continue to allow God to cover and keep you. So until next time on Imperfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Bye.